This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. Welcome to Pleased to Meet You. I'm Ken Morrison, and in this program, I introduce you, the listener, to the voices behind the microphones here at Radio Kidnappers. And today, it's my pleasure to be talking to Natalie Robb, host of Down at Proggle Rock. Hi, Nat. Welcome to Pleased to Meet You. Thanks, Ken. Now, we, we're going to delve into your history, going right back in time, right back to when you're just a little bit, but before we get there, just <laughs> for 30 seconds, give Proggle Rock a bit of a, bit of a uh, plug. Okay, well, Down at Proggle Rock is my little pet project. I am a 51-year-old woman who has enjoyed prog rock since, oh, I was probably three years old. And uh, it's a passion that's still going, and I'd like to introduce more people to it and its diversity. Just for the uninitiated, what is prog rock? Uh, Well, its full name is progressive rock, and it covers a lot of genres, Um, it's got its roots in classical music. Um, it can be very guitar-driven, if you think of something like Led Zeppelin, that were considered to be one of the first mm. initiators of it. And then it includes people like Van de Graaff Generator, which um, they use sort of symbolism in this in their material as well. And then you've got people like Jethro Tull, um, which could be considered folk rock. So it covers a huge diversity. I'm just looking at the moment at um, female artists within the prog genre, which use operatic tones. So it's it's quite loud in most cases. Yes. But, um, <laughs> Best to listen too loud. <laughs> but um, there are some very soft tracks as well. And one of the most famous ones ever is probably Whiter Shade of Pale oh, yeah, by Procol Harum. I love that song. All right, and we've um, got the program out of the road, so to speak. When is it on, by the way? It's on Mondays. Just check out our schedule on our website, www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Okay, now we want to find out a bit more about Nat. Wind the clock back, Nat. Tell us about where you grew up. Okay, well, um, I don't admit this often, but I'm an Essex girl. I was born in Basildon in Essex, but moved to Plymouth when I was six years old because my father's in the Navy. Um, spent, spent a brief time around the age of three, four in Kent, because um, the dockyard's at Chatham. So after that, back to Basildon and then to Plymouth for most of my life. Um, and, yeah. yeah, so that's sort of where I grew up. What was family life like? Do you have fond memories of family life? Um, interesting. Uh, interesting question because, yes, I do. I love my mum and dad dearly and my sister, but don't put my sister and I in the same room for more than about an hour. <laughs> it's getting better these yes. days. Um, my father was incredibly strict with me, incredibly disciplined. And um, luckily, I knew how to obey the rules and then divert myself so I wasn't and they didn't know. <laughs> they often say we look back on our pasts with rose-tinted glasses. And uh, if we actually sat and analysed it, probably wasn't as good as what we thought it might have been. Is that the case? Um, There's a big period in my history that happened in my uh, youth that even my family don't know. So 
Um, it changed how I view the world. But on the other hand, it's made me who I am today. What was school like for you? I loved primary school, infants and primary, where I had the most amazing teacher called Mrs. Bovey. And she introduced me at the tender, tender age of eight to Shakespeare. And I performed my first piece of mm. Shakespeare then um, in a group called Speech and Mime. I saw the musical Cats with her in the first week it opened in London, which was spectacular. And it got me interested in theatre and the arts. And also I... Um, did art classes and she let me try all different sorts of mediums and also um i was a published poet so they really encouraged me that's great all right we sort of uh, probably fast forward a little bit too much there but uh, okay school um did you go to university higher education for want of a better word um i didn't i went i left school at 16 and i went to a tertiary education establishment and studied retail management so I did it's like a business course Mm. for two years plus a levels and trade certificates on top of that and much to my father's horror I went and managed a pub (laughs) in a very rough area of Plymouth at the tender age of 18 and was the youngest landlady in England oh really I want a first good on you okay schooling was over and the world is your oyster Uh, you went to manage a pub what else happened Um, I was very successful at running the pub, so the brewery sold it out from underneath me during the monopolies and mergers days of uh, the breweries in the UK. So then I got into retail management and became a retail manager for the British Shoe Corporation. Um, And in that role, they decided not to give me a shop of my own to look after, that they wanted me to be an area troubleshooter. So I looked after an area that actually involved three area managers. Mm. It was from Wales, across uh, the southwest of England, and across as far as Cheltenham. So I had a massive area. And so I spent a couple of years literally living out of a suitcase Mm. in hotels, eating great food, (laughs) drinking too much wine, really. And... um, living all over the place I did set up an establishment for a little while in Wolverhampton because it was a good fun place to be and um, I don't I think when I stayed there I didn't eat anything but curry for about six months because the curry was so good (laughs) (laughs) you say you lived out of a suitcase uh, for a long time did that lifestyle appeal to you or were you sort of thinking "Mm, what am I settling down sort of creating a few roots Well, my granddad used to call me Gypsy when Mm. I was little, and I think I am. I've lived all over the place. And while living out of a suitcase is not ideal because I have a bit of a passion for shoes and clothing, and I kept finding I didn't have enough room in my suitcase, and I had to keep parceling them up and sending them back to my parents where I was busily filling up a room there. (laughs) Now, you're obviously English. Um, We we know that just by listening to you for a start, but you've described that you were born uh, in the UK. Yes, here you are. You're here in uh, little old Hastings, which is so far removed from um, the big hubbub and the hustle and the bustle that you're used to. What what brought you over here? Um, I followed a man. I don't think that's the first time somebody's ever said this on this radio (laughs) show. Um, The man I was seeing in the UK came out to visit some family, and I got a phone call saying, if you want to see me again, you better move over here Mm -hmm. and marry me. Wow. So I did. 
I'd never been on a plane before. My first ever flight was to New Zealand nonstop. And when was that? Um, that was in nineteen ninety seven. Was it a bit of a culture shock for you coming from uh, from the UK to here? Um, yes and no. I felt like I'd come home. Mm-hmm. But he was the culture shock. Oh, but that six years later, we got rid of that. But um, yeah. moving to Northland and living rurally was probably my biggest culture shock. Mm. I bought a cottage in Donnelly's Crossing, which even the local people of Dargaville area used to laugh at 20-odd years ago and say, do you actually have water and power? And we did just. Yes. Um, but it was fun. I learned lots of things. I learned how to skin possums and... I never shot one, but I had to skin them. Um, I grew my own vegetables, but not very successfully because I'm, it's all water. And then, oh, I can't be bothered. And then they dry up. So I'm not a natural gardener. I, in fact, I think I can kill plastic plants. Yeah, I know what you mean. And then you ended up on Hawke's Bay. How, how did you end up on Hawke's Bay? Why Hawke's Bay? Well, um, my marriage broke up. Um, by that stage, we'd moved back to Auckland. And... Um, I was working in Auckland, but um, I met a man <laughs> who I've now been with for... Um, There's a common thread here. 19 years. Um, and he was from Napier. And I, as our relationship grew, I came down and visited his family. And um, I thought it was really nice here. So we did, we've lived 12 years in Napier and only just recently moved to... Hastings, which I actually like a lot because of its arts and cultural centre that it's now building here. Yeah. If you had to recommend Hawke's Bay to someone who hadn't been here before, what would be, I don't know, maybe your top couple of points about come to Hawke's Bay because... The weather's amazing. Yeah. Um, being from the UK, I enjoy the fact that we have a Mediterranean climate here. Um, the food is incredible. If you want locally grown produce, locally made wines and cheeses, and even ciders are now taking off here, which being from the West Country yes. or growing up in the West Country makes me very happy. So um, it's just chilled, you know? It's just a very chilled out area, but it has sort of high standards when it comes to food and recreation, yes. which is a lovely thing. Now, these questions I put together are just a random bunch of questions that I've formulated over the weeks and months of making this program. What's the best bit of advice, uh, Nat, that someone's ever given you? Um, oh, gosh, I've had to have lots of advice in my life. I think my dad's one, don't get into debt. Because yes. did that twice majorly and had to get out of it. So that would be a good one. Don't get into debt. When you reflect on um, your life to date, and you're probably only halfway through there because you're just young, what's, what's your proudest moment so far? It's sort of a combo um, because I went back to education and I was accepted into performing arts school at the age of 33, which made me a pretty mature mm -hmm. student. And they only, I studied um, performance technology, but majored in costume. And they only accepted six people a year for that course. So it was highly contested. You had to go through all these different tests to get in. 
and um, I absolutely loved those two years. I'd grown up watching Fame and Kids from Fame, yeah. and suddenly I was doing it. It was fabulous. So I'm very proud of myself for achieving that and graduating. But later on, I took that to the next level and um, was lecturing at AUT in event management and event design. Mm. And during that time, I took my uh, graduate diploma in performance. Uh, sorry, my graduate diploma in adult teaching so that I could use my experience in the arts and also my passion for life generally to help people develop that perhaps didn't like the school structure because it often leaves people behind. So I was very proud of that. What is it about the arts or theatre? You mentioned that uh, in your early days you did Shakespeare as well. What is it about theatre that excites you? Well, I think we're all many-faceted jewels. And as such, a theatre is a way to just show one particular element of you. And often in theatre, if you're a really kind person generally and really giving, you'll find that you play a really good villain. Yes. (laughs) So you can take on those opposite traits. Um, But also it's getting outside yourself and meeting people and communicating with people And I have a passion for dance as well. Not that I'm a good dancer, but I love Mm. working with dancers because how they interpret the world is completely different. And I think it's fantastic. It's a form of escapism, really, isn't it? Um, Yes, but who wouldn't want to? Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's why people go from show to show to show. Um, I wonder if you could go back in time and visit uh, 18-year-old Nat. What advice would you give yourself? Um, Would 18-year-old Nat listen to you? 18-year-old Nat thought she knew everything, really. Um, I was running the pub. I was a biker chick. I was heavily into (laughs) promoting blues music and bands in the area. Um, My advice to my 18-year-old Nat would be, just because he's older than you with tattoos and a big motorbike does not mean he's necessarily a good person. It doesn't mean he's a bad person, but perhaps just check him out before you start. What would 18-year-old Nat have said and what do you know? Uh, 18-year-old Nat would have been, don't be so ridiculous. And, yeah, my father would have been, um, I would have had to admit he was right in a lot of cases. (laughs) If you had a chance of a do-over in life, you know, if you could go back, they will say if you could turn left instead of turning right, what would you do differently? Ah, sliding doors moments. Yeah. Do you know what? I don't think I would. Because um, there have been some adversities, uh, which I won't go into detail of today because I don't want to depress everybody, (laughs) Um, including my struggle with mental health over the years and depression, anxiety. But it makes me who I am Mm -hmm. and it makes me be very accepting of everybody. And some people would say to my detriment, but um, everybody's got a story. Everybody's interesting. And I don't think I want to change me. You've probably just answered the question that if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? You wouldn't change anything. Um, Am I allowed to say, could I have a body like Sher? Yeah, you can say that. (laughs) (laughs) What's the skill? I mean, I know you're very, uh, you're very, um, you're good at everything that I'm aware of, but if there's a skill that you could learn, what would you like to learn? 
Te reo Māori. Yeah. Why would, why would you want to learn that? Because I live in New Zealand. It's a beautiful language. It would help me converse and understand a lot more. Um, I'm very drawn to the environment and the stories and the mysteries and to be here and the fact that I feel like I once lived here before, which has been brought up in um, certain discussions, mm. I feel I need to know about that previous me. What makes you think, wow, you get home, put your feet up, what makes you think, wow, that was a great day? Working at Radio Kidnappers, oh, that, that that's a given. Speaking, that's right, you do work here. <laughs> hanging out with you, Ken, and hanging out with Kelly, it it's my joy. To the stage at the weekend, I said to my other half, and because he, he said, you're looking a bit glum, and I said, I'm missing Ken and Kelly. So <laughs> not many people can say that, can they? I, cannot. I, for one, love coming to work. It's not because I don't love being at home, but you know, it's, it's what keeps me going, really. I just love what we do here. Anyway, it's not about me, it's about you. <laughs> no, I, I don't know whether you're, if you're a hoarder or not, but um, if I said to you, you can only keep three things. Maybe not, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'll keep my husband and my kids. But if you could keep three things, what might they be? So I'm not allowed to say my three cats. So it's not, it has to be inanimate objects? Yeah, well, let's, let's go down that track. I mean, is there anything that's sensing, oh, I just couldn't part with that? My crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Because that's another story in itself, because uh, you're a spiritual type person as well, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yes. Um, what else couldn't I part with? My music collection mm-hmm. and my books. Have you got a favourite song? Ooh, well, I've got lots of favourite songs. But I think at the moment, the one I'm listening, the album I'm listening to the most is actually by um, Kingsley Spargo, and it's his Alago album, which is... Um, beautifully spatial with very deep um, Pacific sounds in it. It's very lovely. Is there anyone that you particularly admire and, and why? Um, oh, there's quite a few people I admire. Um, I was going to say Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but she's gone now, really. Mm. But she's, she did amazing things. Um, it does worry me that um, Roe versus Wade looks like it's going to be overturned in the States and women's rights. But um, I, I like Jacinda Ardern. I know lots of people don't, but um, my family in the UK would have her in a heartbeat over Boris Johnson. Yes. Um, but I do think... You have to think about being Prime Minister of any country because if you look at her at the beginning of her term and now the poor lady has aged significantly. Oh, who'd want to be, who'd want that job? Well, not me. No, that's for sure. What do you do to relax? I know you're a very busy person uh, and every time we talk, even at work here, you're always doing something. But when you chill out, what do you do to chill out? I'm an audiobook aholic. <laughs> I was going to say, what are you reading at the moment? What are you listening to? Um... Graham Masterton, and it's sort of, he writes horror, yes, mystery. Yes, some great books. Um, sometimes they're so detailed and cringy, though. I'm like, oh, can't listen to yeah. this. I'm about to have tea. <laughs> or I have had nightmares through them, but I really like them. Yeah. So He's that, one of my favourite authors, who would have thought. Oh. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. What would you do if you won a lotto, Nat? 
Well, apart from invest heavily in radio kidnappers, because yeah. we need to ensure that this continues for the rest of the time this planet is here, um, I would take Kelly and Ken to New York and we'd have oh, a good awesome. time. Times Square, I love it. Yeah. Um, oh, I'd better take Dane the other half as well, because yeah. I've always promised I'd take him to New York, because I've been and I love it. Um, but philanthropically, I would... Um, Radio Kidnappers is it. And that sounds like I've been brainwashed in the three months I've worked here, but it's not. It's everything I believe in, bringing out the best in community, supporting the community and involving the community in ways that other media can't. So I think it's fabulous. You mentioned Prime Minister Ardern. Uh, If we made you the Prime Minister tomorrow, what's the first thing you'd change in New Zealand? Hmm. Um, Oh, there's several debates going on at the moment that I was listening to this morning. But um, I definitely would look at the food inequities that we've got going on Mm -hmm. at the moment and the differences between the haves and the have-nots. And I know anybody of the conservative-type nature would find that very difficult to believe. But um, we... We need to boost those people up before we can get other things to change because they have an impact on health, they have an impact on housing um, and children and education, which I've seen myself at brief stints. Mm. I've done at several schools to help the children. So, Two people over for dinner, living or dead, who would they be and why would you choose those people? Um, two people for dinner... That's a toughie because there's so many people I'd quite like to talk to that have passed on <laughs> because of my love of rock music and they're, they're, they're sort of dying off, unfortunately. Um, I think I'll have Lemmy from Motorhead, yeah. but I can say I have actually let, met Lemmy yes. when he was alive and he's an amazing man, but I'd have him back to my house in a heartbeat, but I'd have to make sure I had lots of Jack Daniels yeah. for him. And who else would I have? Oh, you. Um, Jim Morrison. Yes. Much to my partner's chagrin because he does not like the doors particularly. Um, Thinks they're a bit overblown, but we won't go there. (laughs) But I think I would like to have those two at the table. I think it would be very interesting and it'd definitely be a good party. I bet it would be. Don't forget to invite me. Um, um, you'll be there, Ken. <laughs> when you finally leave this mortal coil, how do you think you're going to be remembered? Well, hopefully by then I will have won the lottery yes. and I'll be able to have given a lot of money philanthropically to radio kidnappers. So um, my, my joke with my friends is I'd always like to be made a dame. So it would be Dame Natalie Robb of Radio Kidnappers the voice of Hawke's Bay. So something along those lines. And uh, my very last question was, what would your epitaph be on your tombstone? I have no regrets. Natalie, it's been my pleasure to talk with you on this. Pleased to meet you. Wish you well for the future. And I know we'll be talking again. Thank you very much, Ken. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.